Republicans to wake up. Is what the Republican Party right now is not led by conservatives. There's a population out there that has to be told the truth. Um, we have to. Do it live! Now, from the left coast, it's another podcast edition of the Peter B. Collins Show. Peter B. is curious, opinionated, and relentless in pursuit of the truth like a honeybee drawn to pollen. He's an independent progressive, ready to sting Republicans and Democrats alike when they deserve it. After years in commercial radio, Peter B. welcomes you to this audio adventure in news and politics with no corporate filter. Listeners support this program, and you can help at PeterBCollins.com. Here's your humble host, Peter B. Peter B. Collins Show, supported by great listeners, and you could be one. Let me name three today. Bill Lockemacher, Sherry Willoughby, and Andrew Krieger. They're all voluntary subscribers to the Peter B. Collins Show. You can help, too. Just go to my website, peterbcollins.com, and if you're able, click on the link. You can help. Wake up, everybody. Almost sleeping in bed. No more backward thinking. Time for thinking ahead. World has changed so very That's my man, Kevin Moore, better known as Kebmo, recycling an old uh, Harold Melvin tune, Wake Up Everybody. And today's program is a wake-up call about torture, about human experiments, and the dark side of the United States of America under Bush, Cheney, and uh, unfortunately, I can't say it's over under Obama. Jason Leopold, a regular contributor to our program and an intrepid investigative journalist, joins us in a moment. But first, I just wanted to update you. David Cole, a law professor at Georgetown University and a contributor to The Nation magazine, writes in the current issue that a federal appeals court has decided against the interests of prisoners being held at the Bagram Air Base, the new Guantanamo. It's outside Kabul, Afghanistan. And those who sued and whom the appeals court denied were taken to Bagram from other locations. And they have been denied the habeas corpus status that was extended to those held at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, in the Boumediene decision, Boumediene versus Bush. And at the time, Supreme Court Justice Scalia, who dissented in Boumediene, said, ah, you know, this is temporary. And as Professor Cole writes, unfortunately it appears that Scalia was accurate. Because this appeals court and this could go to the Supreme Court, Uh, I would expect it to, if they take the case. But the appeals court said that because we are at war in Afghanistan, that those who are detained there, even in the case of those who sued, who were picked up elsewhere and brought to be held outside the law, outside the reach of our courts in Afghanistan, that they do not enjoy the standing to sue under habeas corpus, to demand that they be charged, tried, and convicted or released. And this is the Obama Justice Department at work. This is, in part, the work of Solicitor General Elena Kagan, Obama's latest nominee to serve on the United States Supreme Court. Now, perhaps she's just doing her job, and perhaps, as a justice, she would be liberated to rule in a different way and to uphold the rights of those held and that no one is outside the law, outside access to our American courts if they're being held by the United States. So I urge you to go to thenation.com, take a look at that story, because it's another setback under former law professor Barack Obama that I certainly did not expect. 
Jason Leopold, welcome back to the Peter B. Collins Show. Hey, Peter. Great to be with you. Thank you for having me on again. You bet. And Jason is, uh, as I mentioned, uh, at truthout.org, where he is uh, serving as the... uh, Oh, they don't have your byline here. You have to remind me of your title. I am uh, the jack of all trades, actually a deputy managing editor uh, and investigative reporter. Indeed. Well, uh, you have told me that what we're about to discuss here is the first of a series of stories. It was published on the 6th of June, and people can find it at truthout.org. And Jason, once again, you've done an excellent job of uh, covering an important story well ahead of any coverage by the corporate media. And we'll have to wait and see if that actually develops. So far, sure. I have not seen yeah. uh, uh, this story on television or in a major organ like the New York Times. Actually, the, the New York Times, I, well, let me just add, is that mm-hmm. the New York Times did actually cover it. They didn't do a fantastic job of really getting in-depth. However, I will say that um, their editorial page today uh, has a, actually a great editorial, oh, good. And, and, they, and they do discuss it. Good. I, I haven't seen that yet. So, uh... And in fact, you know, one of the things that, uh, um, you know, that they state in the editorial, which the article itself, uh, written by uh, veteran reporter James Risen, doesn't say, is that, uh, you know, this is the type of uh, crime, if you will, that, uh, you know, Obama has just decided to sweep under the rug. Yeah. Well, and what we're describing here goes beyond uh, detention of people on an unlimited basis without charge, which I think is cruel and uh, inhumane unconstitutional and violates the Geneva Conventions, but that uh, we uh, sunk to the level of Nazi Germany uh, and conducted experiments on these human detainees right. uh, who already were uh, you know, held outside of, of standards of, uh, of, of morality and human rights uh, in a legal sense. So tell us a little bit first about Physicians for Human Rights and uh, tell me your evaluation of the study that they have released. Yeah, well, Physicians for Human Rights is a, uh, an international organization, international doctor's organization. They're based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. They've actually done um, quite a few reports uh, on uh, torture, uh, the, dealing with torture survivors, uh, the do- uh, doctors and their roles in... Uh, uh, you know, monitoring torture. Uh, in fact, they actually did a um, uh, they did a, a fantastic report, if you recall, back uh, it may have been a couple of years ago at this point, but uh, with Alberto Mora, uh, when he was the uh, you know he was someone who uh, helped expose or, or looked into the Abu Ghraib mm-hmm. um, uh, you know atrocities, uh, and uh, uh, you know they they put a report together uh, in which he said that, you know, these were war crimes that must be investigated, talking about what he had witnessed, what he, you know, what, uh, you know, what he saw. So um, this was a two-year study uh, that Physicians for Human Rights did, and um, on the latest one, that is, which is uh, uh, called Experiments in Torture, Human Subject Research and Evidence of Experimentation in the Enhanced Interrogation, Enhanced Interrogation Program, which is uh, the clinical you know, term that the Bush administration uh, had given for basically what was a torture program. And, you know, I would say that this is a, a, an incredibly explosive uh, report. You know, I must actually highlight two things, however. Um, you know, the report cites uh, basically passed, um, uh, the, the report is based on, uh, you know, previously uh, declassified uh, documents. So they were working with uh, documents that, uh, you know, had been released by the government, heavily redacted, and just giving a, you know, looking at it very closely with an eye toward, you know, um, uh, looking at whether, doctors had been, you know, how they had been monitoring detainees, what they had been doing, um, and taking that information and analyzing it to the point where you come out with a clear understanding that what they were doing when they were putting this torture program together um, (laughs) is that 
many of the techniques were not really tested before. So you had the, um, uh, you know, the, the uh, military survival, evasion, resistance, escape program, SEER, uh, that um, uh, was uh, the, the program that taught U.S. soldiers how to resist, uh, you know, techniques uh, that would be performed on them if they were captured by an enemy. Right. And... Um, but of course, with that program, you know those things were monitored, and everyone knew that they, you know, they had a safe word, um, you know, to, if things got out of control. Well, and and the subject knew that this was something that was time limited. That they, that they yeah, were not they going to be. They were in training. They were not going to be held indefinitely, and if they were subjected to the water board, that it wouldn't be done, say, 187 times. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, so. So they didn't really have much information on on how to implement these techniques. And what happened was is that uh, you know if, if you look at these documents and and really take a uh, uh, you know a, a look at them very closely, the the documents that were released by um, you know certainly the Bush and Obama administrations, the torture memos themselves, you start to see evidence of research being performed. So, for example, waterboarding. Uh, they found that uh, when detainees were, you know, subjected to waterboarding, that uh, they risked uh, um, dr- not only drowning, because it is a drowning technique, but there was uh, a fear that, you know, they would go into a coma, uh, that uh, they would develop hyponitremia because of all the water intake. So they collected that data. Uh, and said, okay, let's switch to saline solution, uh, salt water. Uh, and it would uh, basically allow them to, you know, continue to do this without uh, the fear of those, you know, medical conditions coming up. I mean, so that, that, that's research. You know, they, they use the detainees to test out the techniques, collected the data, then put it into the memos, you know, the lawyers put it into the memos, the lawyers like John Yu, mm-hmm. and basically said, okay, this is how we make it legal. So, for example, I had for quite a while been reporting on the, uh, you know, the, the first high-value detainee, Abu Zubaydah, and in, in previous reports that I had put together, um, uh, you know, speaking to uh, high-level intelligence officials who, who were very aware of, of, of the uh, program, he was, um, you know, he was uh, uh, being subjected to sleep deprivation. Now, in the torture memo, it says 11 days is the time in which uh, you can uh, subject a detainee to sleep deprivation where it would not reach the level of uh, severe, you know, pain or suffering. Uh, and, but in order to get to that point, they actually put Abu Zubaydah through weeks of sleep deprivation, monitoring him, watching videotapes to eventually get to that point where they said, okay, this is what we found after uh, several instances in which we uh, put him through sleep deprivation, and uh, 11 days is the, uh, uh, is the benchmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and Jason, what surfaces for me here, my observation is that uh, what you have reported on here is an extension of the efforts by John Yu, Jay Bybee, David Addington in the vice president's office at the time to game the Geneva Conventions absolutely. so that they could, they could redefine torture as enhanced interrogation so that Bush could uh, publicly say we don't torture when he knew that uh, was flatly false, and to try to put uh, a veneer of, of science and technology on the extraction, uh, Cheney used to call it the production of intelligence. Right. And when we know that uh, many of these people who were subjected to these techniques and who were being monitored by physicians and uh, medical specialists uh, as this torture occurred, um, they, w- they would say all kinds of things. And the intelligence that became product 
um, was shitty product, and it was it was often inaccurate. Uh, they were often torturing people who were uh, uh, compartmentalized out of any real knowledge of other programs or projects, and so this was a a, a very tragic uh, game that was being played with human lives, right. with the the ultimate goal of enabling the Bush administration and uh, the people who were deployed by it to violate the law, to violate fundamental human rights in the name of, of fighting terrorism. Right. And it, right. It's, all, it's all deeply backward. Um, Beyond, yeah, it's, and, and the attempt completely to, backward. And the attempt to cover it up by the Obama administration is as sordid as those who, who really performed and, and justified these actions. Right. You know, Obama's, I wouldn't even say it's an attempt to cover it up, Peter. It, it is a full-on cover-up. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's now 17 months since, since this uh, uh, president uh, was sworn into office. This is a full-on cover-up. Uh, we are met with nothing but silence. Um, you know, each time I talk about it in, in, in the context of what, you know, this administration will do, it, it just I have to say that it makes me incredibly angry. Because you have people, uh, reporters, journalists, researchers, who are literally presenting, you know, this administration and this Congress, frankly, with evidence on a silver platter, evidence of, you know, I'll use the word alleged war crimes, but I'm sure we are, you know, well aware of, of you know, what they are, since, uh, you know, using that in the in the legal sense, everyone is. Uh, innocent until proven guilty. Right. Well, we, we have clear evidence of indictable offenses. We have admissions exactly. from key decision makers. Most recently, uh, Bush himself in a paid speech right. uh, acknowledged waterboarding. That's been widely reported, and it is met with inaction and silence right. from exactly. those who are responsible to execute our laws. But you know what else, Peter? It's not only met by silence by the administration. It's actually met by silence at this point by people um, who, if this information was revealed during the Bush years, um, perhaps would be, uh, you know, a bit more vocal. So yes. you, have a, you, you have a small group of people now, uh, a, 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 a certain sect that, you know, will continue to expose this in hopes of getting uh, the public to react. Unfortunately, because Obama still enjoys, you know, such, um, uh, because he's so accepted, because he, he has that, you know, persona of being a populist, um, which at this point just it strikes me as odd that how anyone could even see that, uh, you know, you have those that will remain silent and simply you know, are what I would call apologists mm -hmm. uh, to a president simply because of, uh, you know, the, the pol his political affiliation. But this is, you know, this report is just more evidence. And in, in fact, it's, it's arguably, you know, uh, as explosive as anything else we've learned thus far, because this truly is, you know, a... Uh, a Nazi-like effort that this that the last administration had uh, uh, undertaken in, in in order to figure out how to legalize torture, which in and of itself is a war crime. I mean, it's it's remarkable. So you have a crime within the crime, you know, and. You know, we have laws, international laws, that were put into place after the Nazi atrocities of World War II, like the Nuremberg Code, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, uh, uh, the common rule. Um, uh, we have a law, you know, that uh, says that you can't experiment on, you know, people without, uh, you know, getting their permission and informed consent. So this is just, frankly, uh, you know, striking that... We have this evidence. We have a uh, a group of researchers uh, that um, uh, put this uh, put this report together. Some of the you know world renowned uh, you know medical uh, professionals uh, who have uh, quite a bit of experience dealing with 
you know, victims of torture and, 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 and uh, you know, uh, human experimentation and research. And yet, the, you know, for the most part, it's, um, it has received some coverage. The, the coverage itself has not been, you know, as explosive as a headline that I wrote. Uh, you know, it's, it's been more or less uh, treated in, you know, a clinical fashion. Uh, we have the CIA, <coughs> excuse me, that has denied that this took place, as if that should be a surprise to anyone. And I know your past guests, you know, could, could you know, speak eloquently on this, Jeff Kay and Hank Alberelli, mm-hmm. who have both done, you know, quite a bit of research on, on, on uh, and reporting on, uh, you know, the CIA's, you know, experimental, you know, human experimental programs. Well, uh, in, indeed, and, and let me just mention here that I uh, connected with Jeffrey Kay, and, and by the way, we recently inter- interviewed a different Jeffrey Kay. I want to make a distinction here. The most recent one uh, wrote the book about immigration. He's a former PBS NewsHour correspondent, and no relation to the similarly named Dr. Jeffrey Kay, a psychologist from the San Francisco Bay Area, who has written a number of articles for Truth Out. And it was through Dr. Jeffrey Kay that uh, I connected with Hank Alberelli, and I continue to recommend his book. Yeah. In fact, he sent me a, a box of books, and I want to make an offer here today that the first three people who email me, peter at peterbcollins.com, requesting a copy of uh, Alberelli's book, A Terrible Mistake, uh, I will send it to you. So whoever the first three people are, just put uh, Alberelli book or uh, CIA book in the subject line, and the first three that come in, uh, I will reward you with a free copy of this book. It's a, an in-depth study of the CIA's uh, experiments using drugs as weapons, uh, including the infamous uh, LSD experiments under yeah. Project MK Ultra. And Alberelli's explosive revelations include that the uh, <coughs> CIA and the U.S. Uh, uh, burgeoning intelligence community in the early 1950s even conducted experiments of dosing an entire small town in France with LSD uh, to see what would happen. And it's this kind of callous and calculating uh, experimentation on unknowing human beings uh, that use the veneer of of science and technology, uh, the detached and dispassionate approach to, uh, uh, you know, manipulating people as human guinea pigs, and then building uh, uh, military and uh, security and intelligence policies and practices around this sordid level of, of experimentation. And, and Jason, I, I want to take a moment here to tell a quick story. Yeah. My father was a veteran of World War II. When I was 12 years old, I was fortunate he took our family to Europe. And we went to a number of sites uh, related to World War II, and one of them was the Dachau concentration camp. And as a 12-year-old, uh, it made an indelible impression on me. And there were the photographs of the human experiments of people who were subjected to uh, a, a, extreme temperatures using freezing tanks, and uh, uh, the air conditioning technology wasn't that well-developed at the time. But they really were experimenting on humans with uh, injecting different drugs and other substances right into the heart. And many people know the notorious Dr. Joseph Mengele. Of course. The Nazi scientist who has become, uh, a, you know, a weird icon for Hollywood and many of the darkest characters, uh, Dr. Evil types, that they've created for the big screen over the years. But Dr. Mengele was a real person. He conducted real experiments on, uh, you know, most most of them were Jews who were in the concentration camps. And so this was part of the legacy that drove Nuremberg, that developed the consensus around the Geneva Conventions. And to see that not only uh, dissed and minimized by the law monkeys in the Bush administration, but to see how it, it was this orchestrated and coordinated effort with the, the legal types like John Yu and Jay Bybee uh, writing these memos, and then what you are revealing and confirming uh, in, in this article based on the report from Physicians for Human Rights 
uh, shows this this deep calculation. Yeah. And how many Dr. Mengele's are there right. in the U.S. Uh, intelligence and military communities? And, uh, you know, will they be protected by Barack Obama's I, Justice Department? I think, Department? Peter, that they absolutely will. And, and you know, I have to actually, um, you know, since you mentioned Jeff Kay, I, I must um, actually mention the fact that he has done, by the way, an incredible amount of work um, exposing the fact that this torture program, uh, that, that, that human experimentation was at the heart of it. In fact, um, you know, on, on the other uh, uh, news organization that uh, I'm affiliated with, The Public Record, he had written an article uh, on September 27, 2009, uh, Smoking Gun on CIA Torture Conspiracy, Human Experimentation Central to Enhanced Interrogation Program. So there are people out there like Jeff um, who don't have the opportunity to, you know, publish this important work in places like the New York Times who have actually been way, way ahead. So I, I feel that it's just important to, you know, uh, give credit where credit is due to those who are actually working incredibly hard uh, to, you know, expose this and to call for some accountability. And, 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 I, think and, that, and, and I think that you'll find that some of the things that, you know, I've written about and that he's written about in terms of, you know, these Dr. Mengele's, uh, if you will, they're absolutely going to be protected, Peter. I mean, in fact, they have been protected. And, you know, what's, what's, what's remarkable is that, you know, we have the power now of, you know, certainly the Internet, of, of obtaining documents quickly and putting it out there. And, and so you don't have to necessarily wait 20 years before we find this out. Um, but, you know, these, these people are still, you know, employed uh, and still working in, you know, a profession which they should be immediately removed from. And even if we want to believe the best about Barack Obama, that he, uh, you know, signed the executive order on day two that we will not torture, even if we want to believe that, the enablers, the participants, the, uh, the, the people who were directly involved in these illegal and immoral activities are all scot-free. They, they've not been investigated. They've not been indicted. They've not been held accountable in any way, nor have their superiors. And, and this is, it, it goes beyond infuriating because, uh, you know, we want to believe that we are the nation we tell ourselves we are. And starting with Alberelli's uh, exposure of the 1950s, going through the uh, 70s and 80s with the School of the Americas and our export of torture and torture techniques to uh, the Banana Republic governments in Central and South America. And then, uh, you know, I, I have some doubts, actually, Jason, that the reverse engineering of the SEER program was actually the source of all this. Right. Uh, my sense is that it's that, that these uh, techniques have always been studied, just like, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> Fort Detrick is the place where we have weaponized uh, anthrax and other chemical weapons, while we claim to be right. the white hats who uh, observe the, these treaties regarding chemical weapons. And, and so what's being exposed is a long-term uh, uh, separation of the United States from the values and standards that we believed we adhere to and that we tell ourselves that we, uh, we live by. And this is something that we need to come to grips with because my belief is that uh, the, the whole militarization of the effort to combat terrorists uh, will, will fail and that if we don't address the triggers that are caused by our own conscious behavior, that we will never see a reduction in the recruitment of people who want to hurt Americans and harm the United States. And it's because we don't live up to the propaganda that we project about who we are and what we stand exactly. for. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, as I said earlier, it's just remarkable to me that we continue to struggle to beg, literally beg, Peter, for some sort of accountability. Um, you know, the fact that just less than a week ago, George Bush is out there, frankly, admitting for war crimes mm -hmm. and doing it with 
a smirk. And, you know, as I said earlier, it's certainly the, you know, the, the fact that, that the uh, Obama administration refuses to even look at this. I mean, it's not that they're just sweeping under the rug. They're ignoring it. And, then, and that goes for Congress. But by and large, I think a, a huge chunk of the, you know, the public just doesn't want to know. And, you know, we may be able to blame that on the fact that perhaps they're not being fully informed, that the media coverage has not been in-depth. You know, the Washington Post actually has not reported anything on this, as, as far as I can tell, except for, you know, a short blog post on their, uh, their uh, faith section, religion section. So, you know, we're literally begging for uh, some sort of accountability. And, you know, I, again, I have to... Um, you, you, you spoke about Obama, you know, looking backwards. Well, let me just remind people um, that when the health care bill uh, was being voted on uh, back in March, Obama was scheduled to go to Indonesia for, you know, for a trip. He actually canceled that uh, while waiting for the uh, health care bill. Uh, bill to pass. Right. He had an interview with an Indonesian television station, and, and, and he was asked, by this television station, uh, by the reporter there, whether he was satisfied with the way the country had dealt with its own past human rights abuses. And this was, this was Obama's answer. We have to acknowledge that those past human rights, rights abuses existed. We can't go forward without looking backwards. We can't go forward without looking backwards. That was his quote. I mean, his other quote when dealing with the U.S., uh, it's better to look forward and not backwards. So for this, this past administration, we have to look forward and not backwards. With other countries, we can't go forward without looking backwards. Yeah. You could not, I mean... Well, it's illogical. The, the, the it's a stench of hypocrisy, Peter. It's incoherent, and I don't believe it can hold long-term. Uh, you know, I saw Nixon uh, employ a cover-up that ultimately unraveled. And I believe that if if we do put pressure on the Mengalas, on on the individuals who participated in this, that they will in turn uh, point the finger at the superiors who authorized it in great detail, right? And and in minute by minute control, uh, and that that's where we we need to go because we we need the the decision makers to be held accountable. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm not interested in exonerating anyone who who may be guilty, but I'm also not so focused on uh, trying to, you know, as we did at Abu Ghraib, get the the privates and the sergeants uh, and convict them. Exactly. Uh, I, I want the people who wrote the policies well, the and same. who directed it. Exactly. It was, you know, if you want to put it into the context of the Gulf, the, the disaster in the Gulf, uh, should we, you know. Perhaps we don't exonerate, you know, the, the workers on the rig who may have, uh, you know, cut corners or, or uh, uh, did things that they were not supposed to. But if they were following policy written by uh, Tony Hayward or being forced to implement, um, you know, take measures that, uh, you know, were handed down from the top, well, then that person's accountable. It's the, it's the same thing. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous to... Uh, you know, continuously just you know look at the low hanging fruit, so to speak, as as uh, you know being being uh, the uh, the one responsible, you know, for this. And and we know that's not the case here. It's absolutely not the case. And you know, this report is so devastating, Peter. I have to tell you that you know reading it was certainly not enjoyable. Writing this story. Uh, was uh, mentally, uh, emotionally draining uh, because you're reading how what was done in our name. Yeah. Um, I don't even want to exaggerate. That, I'm not exaggerating that this was done in our name. Uh, you know, for 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 who knows what truly was you know the purpose. Mm-hmm. We've been told that they were trying to get intelligence. I don't exactly. I, I don't. Personally, I don't, I don't buy that uh, as the, uh, you know, the beginning and the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Well, Jason, let me ask you this, because uh, what you characterize in this story, based on the report from Physicians for Human Rights, 
is essentially clinical trials on human subjects of torture techniques to try to uh, come up with standards or, or uh, scales to determine when uh, these techniques cross the line into causing um, a, a level of pain, and, and all this is so subjective, but right. a, le- a level of pain that would cross the line into being inhumane and uh, technically illegal. But in this so-called research, did they ever ask the baseline question of whether torture works and whether it is a, a valid tool, putting aside the moral and legal questions, is it a valid tool to extract intelligence? Because um, I continue to value the input of uh, Dr. Phil Butler from Monterey. He spent uh, longer than John McCain in custody in Hanoi at the so-called Hanoi Hilton. Right. He, he was subjected to torture, uh, particularly early in his, his imprisonment. And uh, he, he said two things. One was that... Uh, by the time they got to me, I didn't have any valuable information to really give them. Nonetheless, um, I would make stuff up and say that Mickey Mouse was the commander of right. the Pacific Fleet um, because uh, I, I would never give up information that, that I thought was uh, was valuable to them. And the other side of it, he said, was the, the mental tool or um, coping mechanism that permitted him to survive this repeated torture that was applied to him was the knowledge that we don't do that. Yeah. And so absent that, uh, the next Phil Butler, who is in the custody of a, a, an enemy military uh, uh, apparatus or even a terrorist group, will not have either one of those. <laughs> and uh, in particular, this inner knowledge that our country doesn't do that is what gave them the strength to resist. And, and so even though this, the, these efforts used psychologists, psychiatrists, and others who had ex, you know, extensive medical training, right. did they ever explore the fundamental question of whether this worked? Well, certainly the, the past administration uh, will tell you that it did, that they received actionable intelligence. Uh, I think that there is quite a bit of documented evidence uh, that shows that um, it didn't work. Uh, Certainly not as a ticking time bomb scenario uh, that it worked uh, in terms of thwarting any impending attacks. But I also have to say that, you know, I I, I think it's a valid question, Peter, but it gets into that area where we then wonder, well, you know, if it works, should we be, you know, should we do it? it you know, even if it hypothetically did work, you know, do, is, is that what we've become? You know, it becomes a, a question of morality, in my opinion. Yeah, but, but see, my, my point is that these are technocrats, and these are people right. who believe in science, and yet I, I believe they didn't explore the fundamental premise of the work that they were doing. They simply accepted, oh, yeah. We torture the crap out of somebody, and they cough up the information. And so then it just became about refining the process. Right. And uh, in a, a you know clearly inhumane and, uh, 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 well, uh, dehumanized manner, yeah. they're yeah. able to say, well, you know, 11 days. Yes, 11 days of sleep deprivation is, is legal and uh, will produce intelligence, but 12 crosses the line. Yes, and that's exactly it. And I, I think that... The doctors, at least as far as I can tell from what I've read, from what I've uh, reported, and, and, and those that have been familiar with the program I've spoken to, is that the doctors, or at least those that uh, you know, were involved in the monitoring and, and, and collecting data, uh, they were not really discussing, you know, having any discussions about as to whether you know, it worked or not. They were simply there. Uh, to perform their, you know, their duties, if you will, uh, on, on the medical side. Uh, and we do know, at least you know, from, from uh, you know, some of the past reporting, that, that psychologists believed that uh, the more torture, at least two psychologists uh, who were uh, instrumental in, in designing this program, James Mitchell, Bruce Jessen, um, more so James Mitchell, but 
that they felt that the more torture, uh, the the uh, becoming up becoming more aggressive in torturing a detainee will get them to reveal uh, more information, and that in the case of Abu Zubaydah uh, was absolutely untrue. In fact, uh, as I said, you know he was the first high value detainee. He was the one that the that the torture program itself was built around. In fact, in the torture memo, Peter, the one in August 2002, which was written to uh, authorize the you know, CIA to uh, begin uh, uh, torturing him, even though we know it took place before. But in that memo, it says Abu Zubaydah, you know, involved in every major terrorist planet plan and attack, uh, was involved in 9-11. They, you know, the, the government has backed off of all those claims. In fact, in his, you know, he's currently detained at Guantanamo. In his uh, habeas corpus proceeding, the government no longer contends that any information that, that, that he had given after he was captured is a basis for holding him, for, for detaining him. In other words... But, but isn't that because they can't use the evidence? It's tainted? Um, no. Uh, I it's, actually it's because, believe it's... Is it because it's the, uncorroborated? Is that I, it? I believe because it's, it's just not true. Uh-huh. Um, but there's also the... You know, there, there, there is that question. Um, but if the, you know, if the evidence were uh, valid, uh, I think that the government would try and find a way to use it perhaps through others. But the fact of the matter is, is that uh, we know from Abu Zubaydah's own words that they apologize to him. His torturers apologize to him, say, hey, we realize that you're not number two uh, or not number three, that uh, you're not even an official member of al-Qaeda. I mean, there is absolutely nothing, you know, that he has given up after his capture that the government is using to justify his continued detention. Everything is preceding his capture. And this was a person who was waterboarded 83 times in the course of a single month, from what we're told, uh, who was, uh, I mean, what, what he was subjected to was beyond brutal, you know. Uh, and people should, should truly be on trial for that. Uh, either here or in another country. <laughs> and and Jason, there's an element of um, uh, racism doesn't do the, t- the 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 situation justice here. But you describe in terms of Zubeda that Ali Sufan, the FBI agent who was the first to interrogate him and apparently did get some useful information from him, uh, not using any stressful approaches, but just using some standard uh, confidence building and uh, other techniques. Um, and, and then he was replaced by a guy named Mitchell, who was sent in and uh, basically said, uh, you have a quote here, that Zubeda needed, needed to be treated like a dog in a cage. Right. And so this suggests that there was an attitude that uh, non-Americans, non-whites, uh, maybe we can narrow it to Islamic extremists in the viewpoint, the worldview of the White House at the time, that these were second-rate, second-class, uh, or lower caste um, beings, and that we as a superior race, as a superior being, have the right and uh, I, I guess they considered it a responsibility to conduct these gru- gru- gruesome and chilling experiments on a human being like this, um, and, and then it informed the policies that led to its, uh, you know, the expansion of its use to other people. Right. That's That's exactly what happened in that case. Absolutely. I mean, that's you know, everything that was, I mean, there, let me just go back for a moment. There's, you know, there is evidence that um, uh, this happened before Abu Zubaydah. And, you know, certainly with Binyam Muhammad, uh, with uh, uh, Al-Libi, uh, you know, who was uh, rendered to Germany and, 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 and tortured. Um, I think that was in January of, of 2002. I could be a little off on the date, mm-hmm. but uh, more or less the actual techniques is, is, you know, the, the, that were contained in that memo, yeah, that was, you know, basically uh, was used um, uh, against others, certainly in CIA, uh, uh, 
custody of the Department of Defense as well. But given the, you know, that time, 2002, you know, we're not even a year after 9-11, basically the Bush administration had been sweeping everyone who had, everyone up who had uh, um, a last name that uh, perhaps smacked of potential terrorists, mm-hmm. bringing them over to Guantanamo. Uh, and this was going on all around the world. Uh, Khalid El uh, Masri. El Masri, yeah. El Masri was uh, uh, he was someone who was also tortured uh, in in Afghanistan, and, and he was you know picked up simply because he looked like a terrorist. Uh, I well, have and he, to know he had, who he the had... woman is who the who the the woman who remains undercover, uh, who was involved in that, mm-hmm. uh, who is a uh, you know CIA operative who they uh, you know this. this the agency continues to um, allow her to work, despite the fact that she's a war criminal. Mm-hmm. She um, and and, and Al Masri, there there was a uh, <clears throat> similarly named uh, uh, individual involved in in Al Qaeda or believed to be involved at the time, uh, and so there was a clear mistaken identity, but they didn't discover it. Uh, but when until... they did discover it, they continue to hold him. Right. They continue to torture him. Uh, you know, this was a uh, this was just part of the of let's just get everyone who has a, a different color, a different skin color, last name, and just bring them in. And as we know from Lawrence Wilkerson, which we've discussed before, that uh, bounties were you know. Or were paid uh, as a result of this. It didn't matter if you were innocent or guilty, and, 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 and the vast majority of people at Guantanamo were were innocent, uh, but they were tortured. And uh, so, uh, you know, I think that element of racism at that time certainly existed, and uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, it continues uh, to this day. Uh, but this this is this is just truly stunning mm-hmm. to you know it's one thing that we were you know at first we were told we needed you know we needed to do this because they were with, they were withholding information uh, and, and uh, about uh, impending terrorist attacks. Then we find out that those impending terrorist attacks were not even uh, impending terrorist attacks. <laughs> you know they were you know things that. Uh, uh, weren't going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was this, this was so. You know, I, I think many p- different people will give you you know uh, uh, many different answers. I think that you know the intelligence community just had absolutely no understanding of Al Qaeda. Uh, they wanted to you know perhaps understand the organization a bit more. I think that played a part in you know in the torture. Um, but that's not, you know, what we were told. Um, and the fact is, is that, you know, when the Bush administration, when Bush administration officials said, we don't torture, you know, they were saying that in the, obviously, in the legal sense. And that's because they, you know, redefined it, uh, legalized it, and, uh, or, or legalized the, you know, the methods or legalized uh, or redefined severe pain. So, it, it's, it still is what it is. And now we find out that before they actually got to that point, they needed to first conduct experimentation to figure out what the threshold was. And then, you know, and, and Jason, the memo. it's as if these professionals, and I, I respect uh, that they probably had great training uh, in, you know, that they brought to this sordid work, but it's as if they were trying to come up with a painometer, and I, I don't want to be too grisly here, but my my visual image is like a meat thermometer that they could stick into somebody that they were torturing, and when the pain got so intense that it it went into the red, well, that's when they would stop. Right. And it, it's farcical and and sickening to consider, but but. In simple terms, that's what they were trying to do. That's exactly what they were doing. And and it's so subjective. And as human beings themselves, 
you would think, number one, that they would know that they can't really achieve uh, these kinds of technical standards, clinical trials, as I described them a, a moment ago, and that uh, these people they're performing them on are actual humans. And even yeah, if you, people, Peter. even if you can work up your uh, sense of outrage and link them to uh, you know terrible assaults on innocent civilians. There is no way to rationalize or justify this ongoing um, uh, so-called scientific approach to trying to refine torture into a way that produces results without violating the law. It's it's the wife beater who has a technique of slapping his his, uh, spouse without leaving a bruise. Right. That's exactly it. And uh, uh, somehow, somehow we've been either desensitized, the public has been desensitized enough to, to try and justify this, to uh, rationalize it. Uh, there are still, it, it, it's interesting, by the way, just the comments on the story, on this story, some of them at least, from people who you know, claim to be anti-torture, you know, say to, to, to compare this to, to Nazi experimentation is outrageous. Uh, this, this wasn't Nazi experimentation. And, you know, I, the answer is, is that there's no such thing as torture light. You know, there's no such thing as, you know, light experimentation or yeah. uh, human experimentation, but not as bad as the Nazis. It still is what it is. Uh, and that's what the Nazis did. And that's why we had the Nuremberg Code. So, you know, my point being that even a story like this, where you would think that people would be outraged, they're tr- that somehow they're trying to, you know, that they've digested it, but it, it hasn't gotten to that point. I, it's, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's, it's very interesting to watch the reaction, um, you know, when you document this and uh, just, just, See how people um, digest it and uh, interpret it and, and react to it. Um, you know, one of the questions I had for, uh, for for physicians in human rights was whether they have been in touch or contact with any members of Congress. Well, you know, they on on their uh, paper they have called for investigations, not just by Congress or a presidential inquiry, or, or certainly the Department of Justice, but uh, they're going to file a complaint tomorrow uh, to get the uh, Department of Health and Human Services, uh, I believe that's, uh, uh, that's what it is, to, you know, to investigate the CIA's Office of Medical Services. Oh, great. You know, um, <laughs> which we know is never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, but still, it's... Um, It's been met with, it's, it, it, it's, it's fallen on deaf ears. Well, yeah, there are many Americans who can rationalize it because they were told that this makes them safer. And uh, the, the same word, I think, would be used. Oh, well, we have safer ways of torturing people. It's a kinder, gentler approach to barbarism. Right. And, and the, these are uh, mutually exclusive. Uh, right. you, you cannot, as you said, uh, employ something that is, uh, is torture light and somehow uh, explain that away. Jason, there's much more in the article, and I want people to read it, particularly the way they uh, massage the language uh, of the Geneva Conventions and the U.S. laws that trail that. Uh, It puts Bill Clinton to shame for his parsing of the meaning of is, is. Um, Say the least. I I mean, this is, it's a really important report. I think that it's crucial to have it, uh, a historical record of this. Um, and by the way, Peter, there are tens of thousands of pages of documents related to this that we still have not seen. So this is by no means the end of the story. Uh, it, it's only the beginning in terms of understanding exactly what went on. Well, and I, I wanted to touch on one thing before we wrap up, and that is you referenced the investigation of John Durham. He was appointed by Bush, I believe, in 2007 to investigate the destruction of the CIA's videotapes of some of these very events that we're talking about, including the torture of Abu Zubaydah. 
and uh, it's now been uh, almost uh, two and a half, maybe even three years. Yeah. I haven't heard a peep out of Durham, and he seems to be the reliable slow-walk guy who will uh, churn this investigation without producing any result. And this is another clear avenue to accountability, because even though the tapes themselves uh, reportedly have been destroyed, uh, there are people who viewed them, there are people who transcribed information from them in the reports, and, and you just referenced the documents that still haven't been released. It appears that there was a, a psychologist and a medical doctor present at uh, virtually all of these torture sessions. And Absolutely. that they were being remote controlled either by the National Security Council or by high-level Pentagon officials. And so there have to be records, there have to be witnesses, and an aggressive prosecutor would be finding those. Yes, and I think that, uh, from what I understand, I will tell you this about John Durham's investigation. It, uh, I, I, I will say that I have no faith whatsoever that uh, anyone will be indicted or prosecuted, and that even goes for uh, someone like Jose Rodriguez, who uh, even um, has been identified as the one who ordered the destruction of the tapes. But from what I understand, John Durham is, is conducting quite a thorough investigation, and it is also going into uh, reaching other areas, such as Guantanamo, uh, such as uh, taping systems that uh, extend well beyond um, uh, the black sites and those that are destroyed. That's at least what I've heard. Uh, the Washington Post had reported uh, a couple of months ago that he was pretty much wrapping it up. But, uh, you know, I've actually heard quite the opposite, that uh, he, he, he's actually getting some new leads and has a bit more work to do. But again, I think that, uh, you know, if, if, the pa- if we're using the past as our sort of uh, uh, measuring stick, so to speak, it's, to, to think that anyone would be actually held accountable... Um, I think is uh, I just feel it's unlikely. I, I think that with the report that came out by the uh, Justice Department's Office of Professional Responsibility about the work John Yu and uh, Jay Bybee uh, did uh, in putting those memos together, that was our be- that was actually our best hope to, ha- to see some sort of accountability, particularly because an early the early findings said, hey, these guys uh, uh, violated professional standards. But that, too, was, uh, at the end of the day, was, you know, wiped clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, even though those, those findings existed, we had a career prosecutor, David Margolis, who said, well, I, uh, I'm not going to make that recommendation that they should be punished. So to this day, Peter, you know, no, no one uh, who has either designed, who has implemented, who is involved in any of the structural aspects of this, uh, brutal torture program has been held accountable. I think we, you know, we may have just a couple of uh, uh, individuals who um, were serving time as a result of uh, uh, Abu Ghraib, but uh, the real criminals continue to walk free and give give paid speeches and boast about uh, uh, waterboarding. Yeah, they brag about it. Yeah. And, uh, Jason, I know you're working on additional stories uh, related to this. Do you want to tell us where that might lead? Yeah, I think that, um, uh, not to give too much away, but uh, I, uh, this will sort of take a look at uh, uh, how the, perhaps how, how this was able to, this particular experimentation was a uh, uh, program, uh, which is what I call it, was able to um, come about. Uh, I, I'm actually working with Jeff Kay on uh, a very big story uh, involving the Department of Defense and uh, uh, a memo that we've turned up that will help explain uh, perhaps how uh, some of these experimentation issues uh, arose. Mm-hmm. Well, we will stay in touch, and uh, you're welcome back on the program whenever you publish uh, a powerful story like this. Thanks so much, Peter. Jason Leopold, read all about it at truthout.org. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Peter B. Collins Show. Your comments are welcome. Send me an email, peter at peterbcollins.com. Happy trails to you.
until we meet again. Happy trails to you. Keep smiling.